From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Washington Watch. Coming up, we have a special National Day of Prayer edition of Washington Watch. Within the last hour, President Trump held a small observance at the national of the National Day of Prayer at the White House. Ask all Americans to join their voices and their hearts in spiritual union as we ask our Lord in heaven for strength and solace, for courage and comfort, for hope and healing, for recovery and for renewal. In just a moment, I'll be joined by Georgia Congressman Jody Heiss, who was a pastor prior to being elected to Congress. He'll give us the latest on the challenges facing Congress and how we can pray. And our good friend, Pastor Carter Conlon from Times Square Church in New York City, will join us with a look at how the church in America is doing in this present crisis and what he sees is ahead. We'll also pray for the families of our nation. Sally Burke, President, Moms in Prayer International, will be here. And as we pray, we cannot... Forget the persecuted church. Who better to lead us in praying for the persecuted than my friend, Dr. Andrew Brunson. He joins us later here on Washington Watch. The website, TonyPerkins.com. If you happen to be on Twitter, I would encourage you to follow me, at T. Perkins. I have a daily passage of scripture that I send out to encourage folks, as well as I comment on events throughout the day. Again, that's at T. Perkins. All right, today is the 32nd National Day of Prayer, and today we'll be having a special program to coincide with that occasion. As believers, we have the privilege to petition the Lord God Almighty anytime and anywhere. But on this day, as a people, a government of the people, for the people, by the people, as a people, we've set this day apart to collectively seek the Lord on behalf of our nation. The situation this year is keeping folks from gathering together. So we're going to use uh, this platform we have. Each segment today of the program, we're going to pray for a different aspect that is integral to our national life. And joining me now to look at what is happening in our federal government and giving us a giving us greater insight in how we can effectively pray for our leaders is Congressman Jody Heiss, a former pastor who represents Georgia's 10th Congressional District. Jody, welcome back to Washington Watch. Tony, thank you for having me. Always an honor to be with you. Well, before we jump into the National Day of Prayer, as an example of what our country is facing right now beyond the coronavirus, is a political divide that has uh, evidently corrupted our government. Earlier today, the Justice Department filed papers in federal court saying they were dropping the criminal charges against former Trump advisor General Michael Flynn. Now, this comes after evidence surfaced that top FBI officials were targeting Flynn for political reasons. Jody, what's going on here? Yeah, Tony, it really is a a startling revelation, something that many of us were afraid of was going to be the reality, and now it is becoming a reality where Michael Flynn was set up. He was targeted. He was um, uh, put in a position of no win in an attempt ultimately to go after the president. And it was based on an absolutely false dossier that was put together, and the FBI knew that it was false. They knew that it was erroneous and fraudulent all along, but nonetheless, they used it to get a a FISA search warrant and started spying on then-candidate President Trump and his campaign team. And, of course, it continued afterwards, and the impeachment has been built upon that, and now we learn what uh, we we feared, many of us, for a long time, that it was all fake. It was a setup. 
And now, quite frankly, we need to go after the, the crooks, if you will, who uh, set Michael Flynn up. This never should happen in America. And at this point, we need to go after those who did do this, and we need to ensure liberty and justice uh, for all American citizens. This type of thing should never happen, especially at the top levels of our government. I mean, this uh, this obviously is concerning and should be concerning to every American that the agency, the top law enforcement agency in the nation, evidence has surfaced that they were intentionally targeting Michael Flynn for the purpose of uh, for political purposes because they did not like the Trump uh, administration, the fact that Trump had won the election, and so they were going to try to uh, to tarnish it from the beginning. And this, uh, I mean, th- this shows how divided our nation is along political lines, and all the more reason that we need as Christians to be uh, to be praying uh, for. A unifying element in our nation, and who knows, maybe the coronavirus, although I've not seen it yet because it's it's still dividing us politically, but there has to be a coming together if our republic is to survive. And that's certainly something that our nation should be praying about. And I just want to ask you this from a standpoint of, as you've been now in Congress for uh, a few years, do you see that divide on a daily basis? Is there any evidence to suggest that people are, are ready to come together as Americans? Yeah, I, I'm afraid not, Tony. I mean, the divide is real. It's deep. It's uh, right down philosophical and political lines. And it's, um, you know, those things that used to unite us as Americans, freedom uh, of speech and uh, liberty, our limited government and maximum freedom and a strong military. I mean, just some basic things along those lines that should not be partisan at all. These days, everything is partisan, and it's really unfortunate. And I, it reveals to me, to be just frank with you, that the problem we're dealing with in this country is not even a political problem. It is a spiritual problem. And so we are blessed to be in a country that sets aside a day like this where we can pray specifically and our citizens are encouraged to pray. Uh, and I think that's the type of thing that will break down the political partisanship and, and resentment from one side to another, all the barriers that stand in our way that should not exist at all. It, it all points to a spiritual problem of the heart, and that's what needs to be healed in this country if everything else is going to be healed. I could not agree more. And I think what we see often happening in our discourse is that the thing that can unify us is actually the faith, faith in Jesus Christ. That has been a unifying force in our country in the past. Of course, now you have some saying, no, religion divides us. Well, it's not that religion, well, religion may divide us because religion is man-made. We're talking about a relationship. We're talking about Christianity. We're talking about faith in Jesus Christ. That has the power to unify, and it has historically unified us. Where the division comes in with when, when people reject the truth, don't want to live by those moral standards that um, have guided our nation for years. But I have found, even in the most recent polling, where you see you know, people from different political backgrounds are unified on the issues, uh, African-American uh, Christians, um, evangelicals, are actually almost 
completely in sync when it comes to the issues because they approach it from a biblical understanding. That has the power to unify. It really does. And, you know, that's what our founders gave us. It, 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 they recognized that the indispensable pillars that hold our republic up is a moral and religious people. Because, you know, you think of it, Tony, it's impossible to have limited government unless people are able to self-govern their own lives. And that comes, according to our founders, by religion and from that faith in Christ producing morality. And out of people being able to self-govern their lives, then we are able to have limited uh, state government. But, yeah, those things have always unified us as a nation. We've always recognized that Christianity, the Judeo-Christian worldview in particular, is the foundation upon which everything else stands in this country. And nowadays, unfortunately, those pillars are no longer looked upon by many as being indispensable. In fact, they are looked upon with great hostility among Well, many. it's because they, they stand as a barrier to big government. Because if you have people who govern themselves, as you just laid out, which is exactly what the founders said, John Adams said that very thing. He said that, you know, we have a constitution that's incapable of uh, governing. Our our government is for a moral and religious people only. And so religion, in the absence of that foundation, that Judeo-Christian foundation, uh, it it allows for big oppressive government because you have to have some means to to maintain a civil society, at least some. Uh, I'm not saying we're doing a good job at that with big government, but that's you'll just have to increase the size of government when you decrease the element of self-government that is rooted in the moral law of God. Absolutely. In fact, I would go so far as to say that it is impossible to have limited government in a secular society, because the more secular a society becomes, the more issues there are that need to be addressed, and government must step in. You know, we need more law enforcement. We need more whatever the case may be, the more secular that we become. And I think it would be an interesting study to go back and even look at America. The more secular we have become over the last several decades, the bigger uh, significantly, government has become, and the more intrusive it has become in our lives, and that correlation uh, it, it exists. It's for real, and so again, that in itself points back to the issues we're dealing with in our nation today. Ultimately, point to a spiritual problem, and that's where the body of Christ is at the tip of the spear and needs to be engaged in bringing healing back to our country. Yes, without uh, without question, and 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 those studies have been done. In fact, when you look at the the Great Society, as we just uh, celebrated uh, a couple of years ago, the 50th anniversary of that, we saw uh, the tremendous cost, uh, the trillions of dollars that have been spent in pursuit of the Great Society, but yet. Uh, families are more fractured than they were when that was launched, and poverty remains just as high. Um, you cannot replace uh, the, uh, the the God-ordained foundation of the family and self-government as being the foundation of that institution. You can't replace it uh, with government. Absolutely. Absolutely. It cannot be replaced. And that's the, the beauty of what this country was built upon there was not the attempt to replace it. There, it was left untouchable, uh, and 
there's a reason why it was established that way from the beginning. Uh, Jody, we're about out of time, but before we leave, can you take just about, about 60 seconds and, and, and uh, as we conclude here, just pray. Lead us in praying for our government, for our leaders. Absolutely. Father, thank you so much for Tony and FRC and Washington Watch and the thousands of people all across this country who are tuned in right now as together we unite our hearts in lifting before you our government leaders, our president and those around him, our Congress, both in the House and the Senate, our judicial branch, uh, all across this country, judges who are making critical decisions. And, Lord, in the midst of all that, we have our health care workers in the pandemic and all those issues now that are facing us as a country. And the centerpiece of it all is the body of Christ. And we pray that you would just ignite within the hearts of people, particularly today as we have this special day of prayer, to cry out to you in behalf of our country for healing and spiritual renewal. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Congressman Jody Heiss, thank you so much for uh, joining us today, and thank you for bringing light and truth to Capitol Hill and all that you do. Thank you for all you do, Tony. Keep the torch ablaze. God bless you. All right. Thanks so much. Jody Heiss from Georgia. All right. Don't go away because there's more of the special National Day of Prayer edition of Washington Watch coming up. Pastor Carter Conlon, Times Square Church in New York City. Joins us next as we get a get insight into where the church is in the midst of this crisis today and what might be ahead. That's next here on Washington Watch. Don't go away. Is historic masculinity lost forever? Where can boys, young men, husbands, and fathers find a model of manhood, leadership, and strength in a culture of gender confusion? We need men to be men, tough with compassionate strength, bent toward justice without compromise, locking arms and standing. We need to be the men God created us to be and fight for all that is right, true, and just. This is Tony Perkins inviting you to join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference. To find out more, go to StandCourageous.com. This conference is led by men who are seasoned, compassionate men who understand the issues of the day and will invest in you, helping you understand your role as a defender, a provider, an instructor, a battle buddy, and a chaplain so that you can have the generational influence that God has designed you to have. Learn more at StandCourageous.com. That's StandCourageous.com. Did you know that Planned Parenthood is the primary supplier of abortions in the U.S.? According to Planned Parenthood's most recent annual report, it committed over 345,000 abortions in fiscal year 2018. That means, on average, Planned Parenthood aborted 1,768 babies every single day in 2018. And while Planned Parenthood's report revealed an increase in abortions committed, many of the services they provide, such as breast exams and cancer screenings, have drastically decreased. FRC recently released its 2020 edition of The Real Planned Parenthood, Leading the Culture of Death. 
In this resource, you will find many facts revealing the truth, that Planned Parenthood is in the business of abortion, not health care. To access this resource and to find out more, go to frc.org slash Planned Parenthood Facts. That's frc.org slash Planned Parenthood Facts. We can all benefit. I'm Tony Perkins, and you're listening to Washington Watch, a special edition of Washington Watch. Today is a national day of prayer. The president today issuing, uh, earlier today, issuing a proclamation stating our firm reliance on the protection of divine providence. And he went on to say that we have a heritage of religious freedom. He said, in the midst of these trying and unprecedented times, we are reminded that just as those before us turn to God in their darkest hours, so must we seek his wisdom, strength, and healing hand. You know, the guardian of that truth is the church. And as the culture becomes more coarsened and hostile to religion, to Christianity, the church can't shrink back. The church has to stand firm and proclaim the truth in love, but the truth nonetheless, regardless of whether it's received or not. And joining me now to uh, to pray for the church, give us uh, kind of an insight on where the church is today, is uh, is my good friend Carter Conlon, who just received a promotion. He's no longer senior senior pastor at Times Square Church in New York City. He's the general overseer of Times Square Church. As he's kind of moving on to the next chapter of his international ministry, and uh, we're so grateful to have him with us today, Pastor Carter. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Tony. It's a real pleasure to be with you again today. Well, I know that you are in communication constantly with pastors throughout the nation and literally internationally. What's your sense on where the church is right now, especially as we're in the midst of this uh, worldwide pandemic? Well, from the communication I've had, a lot of pastors and churches are turning back to prayer, which is a phenomenal thing. You know, we're more or less, when God, uh, in my opinion, God more or less pulled the plug on all of the programs and such like that's gone on in his house, some of it good, some of it not. But it's it's brought us into a place where we've got to be in communication with him again. I was just talking to a pastor yesterday uh, whose church had no prayer meeting. He came here to visit me in New York about two years ago and just looked at our prayer meeting on Tuesday night and asked, you know, how he could do that. And he told me yesterday that they now have 2,500 people in their prayer meeting. And uh, it's just, he said, it's revolutionizing our church. Um, got another call from the whole denomination, Pentecostal denomination, asking if I would address all of their leaders on the topic of prayer. So there's, there's a movement to go back to uh, seeking God again, just getting our direction, our strength, our vision, our passion, just, uh, just renewing our focus on, on what we're supposed to be as the people of God. So I, I see it as an incredibly positive thing right now. I mean, this is taking us back to the basics. I mean, we don't have all of the bells and whistles. It is a, a matter of just seeking God in sincerity. And the, and the the evidence, the polling, suggests that, as I look at the survey data, that more people are praying. You know, some may not be sure, you know, of a relationship, but they're seeking it because in the midst of this crisis, there's confusion, there's uncertainty, there's fear. And this is the time... 
I, I believe the church, as it returns to its first love, to its foundational truth of Jesus Christ, Yes, yeah, sorry, I lost you, Tony. There, I, 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 I've been cut off for about the last fifteen seconds. Well, it was profound. It was profound. Just say that. <laughs> uh, the <laughs> this this could be the catalyst that we've been praying for for the awakening and revival in our country. Could it not? Oh, I believe it. I believe it is. I believe it is. Uh, 1857, Jeremiah Lampier uh, is a layman. He's, he's commissioned to try to reach the city of New York. He, he starts a prayer meeting. Six people attend his initial prayer meeting. I think he, I think they got up to nine the second week or so. And then the stock market collapses, and people are are in soup lines. Jobs are lost. Uh, there's uh, there's a panic that hits society, and the next thing you know is that his prayer meeting is packed out. It fills the houses of God throughout the city and then ultimately sweeps the country. And the estimates range from 200,000 to 2 million people. I don't know what the real numbers are that are swept into the kingdom of God at this time. God knows exactly what we need to get our attention, and I think that's happening right now. Well, and and I'll add to that from a historical perspective. Um, That came uh, prior to the Civil War. And so it was a yes. it was a, a spiritual preparation for a, a, a very challenging time, and you know if we don't know what the future holds, uh, but when you look back on the 20th century, I mean there were challenges throughout the 20th century with uh, the a uh, hundred years ago the Spanish flu pan, plan, uh, pandemic, you had World War One. Uh, you had uh, then the, the the stock market crashing. Then you had the Great Depression. You had World War II. Um, you know we don't know what's ahead, but we should certainly seek God and in, in this moment in preparation for what's ahead. There is no doubt about it. <clears throat> Whenever historically there's a spiritual awakening, quite often there's something on the other side that God is saying, "I want to give you a moment of mercy. I want to give you strength for what you're about to face." And uh, the coronavirus might only be the tip of, of what's going to happen uh, in the economies, for example. Uh, the instability that's going to hit this world as uh, perhaps countries even start, uh, you know, battling over resources. We don't know what the future is going to bring. But I do know one thing, that if Christ is in the future, we are secure in the hands of God. And there is a confidence that God puts in the hearts of those who belong to him. And that, that's my prayer for God's people. It's my prayer for his house. Yes, uh, it's my prayer for those that are fearful at this moment that there is something of God that's available, you know, not just for eternity, as wonderful as that is, but for present strength uh, in the midst of the, all of the storms that we're going through. Well, very quickly, as we wrap up here, will you pray that? Because I think that is exactly what we need to be praying for the church. I would be delighted, Tony. Father. <clears throat> I'm going to ask. I'm, I'm going to ask you to hold on. We're we're up against that break, so I'm going to ask you to hold on. We're going to do it on the other side of the break. I lost track of time, so hold on. On the other side of the break, Carter's going to join us. He's going to pray for the church. So don't go away. We're coming right back after this. Carter, hang on there. Don't go anywhere. 
you're listening to Washington Watch, I'm Tony Perkins. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Today, uh, kind of a, a special edition of Washington Watch. Today's a national day of prayer. And in lieu of people gathering at state capitals and uh, city halls around the, the country and on Capitol Hill because of the coronavirus, we're using this platform today in each of the segments, praying on a different aspect of national life, those things that are fundamental. We've just prayed for government with Jody Heiss. And um, joining me now is the general overseer of Times Square Church, Pastor Carter Conlon, also author of It's Time to Pray. Carter, thanks so much for uh, for staying over the break with me. You know, when we um, we look at what's happening in the in, right now, and a lot of people, in fact, you and I were talking about this yesterday, about how churches are unable to meet and you know, there's some government officials trying to do everything they can to keep churches from meeting. And we're most uh, most of the time focused on what we can't do rather than what we can do. But we're finding out that when we do what we have the ability to do, people are responding. People are very unsettled right now. They're, they're fearful. They're uh, mm-hmm. what we would describe spiritually as hungry. And this is, uh, this is a moment for the church not to miss. Uh, if we're focused on the mission. Yes, absolutely, Tony. I mean, it's just amazing. I, I, I keep thinking of Acts 27 when the Apostle Paul was, nobody was willing to listen to him. They didn't really care what the men thought. They relegated them to the belly of the ship until the storm uh, came in its ferocity and, and uh, it threatened to take them down. And that's when somebody called for this man of God and he ended up, leading uh, 276 people to safety. And this is what my prayer is for the church in this generation, that we would find our voice, rediscover our purpose, trust God for courage, and above all, we'll, we need compassion for even those who resist truth and even resist their own yeah. salvation. We need to ask God for compassion. That's that, that's a powerful illustration, that story of Paul, because uh, he had his wits, he kept his wits about him. And as a result, they looked to him for God. I mean, he was a guy who was just, uh, he, he was not a mariner. He was not someone who was uh, knowledgeable. But they, they knew that he was at peace, so something had to be different about him. And that's where I believe the church can be right now if we walk in the confidence that you spoke about uh, in the last segment. And that's really what I want to pray for the church, that we would walk in not our confidence, not self-confidence, but in the confidence that comes mm-hmm. In walking with God through Jesus Christ. Yes. Will you lead us in that prayer? I will. Thank you. Father, we just ask today, Lord, in Jesus' name, God is your people. Would you help us, Lord, to rediscover our purpose? Would you place in our hearts, God, the confidence like the Apostle Paul had to know? He knew where he was going. He knew he had to go to Rome and testify before Caesar. And God, in your mercy, you gave him the 276 that were sailing with him. I ask God that you start to speak to us again as your people. Give us a vision of our own future. Help us to understand our divine purpose, Lord. We're not in this world to preserve ourselves. We're in this world to testify the one who yielded himself and went to a cross for the sake of all humanity. God, help us, Lord, to rediscover this in our hearts. Help us to stand with courage in the midst of the storm and speak to the people about the future they can have if they will yield to the Word of God. Oh, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord God Almighty, 
that you would help us as your people again, Lord, to rediscover our voice, our purpose, my God, our direction, everything, and give us spiritual authority again in this generation to be able to speak with such clarity and power that even soldiers have to listen. Everybody has to stop and listen to the voice of God coming through his servants, Lord. I do pray, Lord, God, raise your church up again in this generation, Lord. Raise up your people. Deliver us, God, from all of the things that we have settled for that are so powerless, and bring us back, Lord, to that place, God, where we will be able to lead those who are going to perish without a word from God. Give us that strength, Lord, and we thank you for it with all our heart today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Carter. I uh, appreciate you joining us today and appreciate your steadfastness and the uh, the example that you have been to pastors all across this nation as you have pastored there in the heart of New York City at Times Square Church. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tony. God bless you. All right, Pastor Carter Conlon, Times Square Church in New York City. He just... Uh, Stepped aside to become general overseer. They have a new pastor there at Times Square Church, and now his ministry focused uh, more internationally on prayer. And if you've not read his book, It's Time to Pray, I would certainly encourage you to get a copy of that book, It's Time to Pray. It's, uh, it's a phenomenal. It's kind of his story in ministry uh, as he used to be a police officer in Canada, and Lord called him into the ministry. But just the miraculous events they say miraculous it's god answering his prayers as he was just seeking god and i think that's where we are this day of prayer this national day of prayer can't think of anyone better to talk about leading the church in prayer so get a copy of his book it's time to pray Uh, it will challenge you to grow deeper in your prayer life with the lord well coming up next we're going to be talking about praying for the family Sally Burke, president of Moms in Prayer International, will be here as we talk about the state of the family. Many challenges facing the families of America right now. We can pray, and we will. Next year on Washington Watch, don't go away. More still to come. Where can young men, husbands, and fathers find a model of real manhood, leadership, and strength in today's culture of gender confusion? This is Tony Perkins inviting you to join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference led by men who are seasoned, compassionate men who understand the issues of the day and will help you understand your role as a defender, provider, instructor, battle buddy, and chaplain so that you can have the generational influence God has designed you to have. Learn more at StandCourageous.com. Recently, a bill called the Fairness for All Act was introduced to the House of Representatives. In response, FRC has a new resource, the Unfairness of the Fairness for All Act. This act attempts to find a compromise between the First Amendment's protection of religious freedom and the demands of the LGBT community. But, unfortunately, it is a poorly drafted bill that would negatively impact religious freedom, true equality, and the privacy and safety of women. Learn more at frc.org slash fairnessforall. Did you know that Planned Parenthood is the primary supplier of abortions in the U.S.? 
According to Planned Parenthood's most recent annual report, it committed over 345,000 abortions in fiscal year 2018. That means, on average, Planned Parenthood aborted 1,768 babies every single day in 2018. And while Planned Parenthood's report revealed an increase in abortions committed, many of the services they provide, such as breast exams and cancer screenings, have drastically decreased. FRC recently released its 2020 edition of The Real Planned Parenthood, Leading the Culture of Death. In this resource, you will find many facts revealing the truth, that Planned Parenthood is in the business of abortion, not health care. To access this resource and to find out more, go to frc.org slash Planned Parenthood Facts. That's frc.org slash Planned Parenthood Facts. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins. Today, National Day of Prayer, and so we're doing a kind of a special edition of Washington Watch, praying for government, praying for the church. We're going to be praying for the persecuted in just a moment. But uh, first, we're going to turn our attention to the family. Earlier today, as I mentioned, the president issued a proclamation. He said, let us come together and pray to the Almighty that through, through overcoming this coronavirus pandemic, we develop even greater faith in his divine providence province. And um, as we look to divine providence and we look to God's hand of direction upon our lives, that is so clearly seen in the family. Families have been um, and some are rethinking education now. Families have been uh, kind of uh, in this uh, corona quarantine, this corona confinement for the last six weeks, spending a lot of time together, what I call intense fellowship. How can we be praying for the families of America? Well, joining me to talk about that and lead us in prayer, Sally Burke, President, Moms in Prayer International. Sally, welcome to... Well, it's my great joy to be with you today, Tony, and what an incredible day this is, a divine moment in time in which we get to beseech God to impact our world today. So with that in mind, Sally, what are... What are some of the things that you're seeing among families that we need to really be focusing on as we pray? Well, we definitely, one of the things I would love to see the families do is pray together. You know, the enemy would love to divide the family. And and you and I know that a divided house will fall. Yet as they come together and as they pray to God Almighty, he will unify them with one voice, one heart that will bring God glory. I watched when my kids were young, we would spend time in prayer from the ages they were 2 to 12, all four of them. And they learned to pray. They learned to pray for one another. They learned to pray for their friends. They learned to pray for their mom and their dad. They learned what the power of prayer did. And they witnessed God move. And so I talk to each and every parent out there is gather your kids together. A lot of them are fearful, anxious. They're not sure about the future. Yet God is. 
God knows what he's doing, and he is moving. And if you want to unify your family, if you want to stand strong and be an unstoppable force, and, and as you guys begin to pray together, that lasts a lifetime. My my kids are young adults today, and we still pray together. We still text one another, and, I, and they are still one heart, one voice that brings God. And the children they take their their cues from the parents and so it is so important right now as you say the parent that the parents kind of communicate this confidence maybe not in themselves but be open about this in in leading their children and their families in prayer i think is this it's critical at this moment it it absolutely is. God tells us, don't be anxious for anything, but in all things, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to him. And he's going to give you that peace. That's well understanding. He's going to guard your heart and your mind in Christ. And as we point our children to who God is, then they witness God move in their lives. You know, children have a powerful faith, you know, faith like a child. And as they pray and as they witness God move, then that parent is empowered. Empowering their children not to be transformed by this world, but to impact their schools, to impact their campuses for Christ. And you'll hear me say this many a time. God is raising up a mighty generation. Moms in Prayer, we have been praying for over 35 years now. We see young adults who are impacting the next generation in powerful ways. You know, along the college campuses, it's Bible revival. They are reading God's Word on those campuses. High school students right now, during COVID-19, they're leading prayer calls once a week, and any student can get on there and join them in prayer. And in the middle schools, you know, there's Claim Your Campus, and they're actually praying for their teachers and their campus for revival and spiritual awakening to happen. And it's an opportunity to see kind of a revival in the family as those, uh, you know, when you pray together, that strengthens the family. And from that strength and family unit, you have the ability to reach out and and impact those college campuses, those high school campuses, uh, the business community. The, the, The family is really at the core of spiritual strength under God's design, by biblical design. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is a a divine moment in time. I think a divine pause that God is having parents to listen to their kids. What is it that you need to be praying for your kids? What is it you need to be praying with your kids for? You know, we got such a request at Moms in Prayer headquarters. We made a prayer sheet that's on our website on the front page that is just a sheet in which they can pray with their kids. And we have hope for the schools and they get to pray for that. So they get to transform their their fears and their worries to to prayer and then watch God move in that. But it is a divine moment. It's a, it's a pause. And, and listen to your kids. Hear what they have to say. And then teach them how to pray for that. Is there a bully in their class? Is there somebody who's struggling? Are they struggling in school? We'll, we'll teach them how to pray and teach them to use the Word of God. You know, we read God's Word, we pray God's Word, and then we live out God's Word. So teach them to pray in God's Word. When you read that He's the Creator, praise Him for He's the Creator. You know, teach them to silently confess and then to thank God and then let them use God's word you know may we love God with all of our heart our mind our soul our strength and love others as we love ourselves and teach them how to do that and when they go back to school they'll be empowered and they will transform their school one child can transform a classroom 
and and they can witness. Uh, we we've witnessed 14 out of 22 teachers on our elementary school local one come to know Jesus Christ. We watch revival and spiritual awakening happen on the high school campuses. So, our children have been chosen for this period of time, and our us as parents need to empower them, equip them, and then send them forth. But right now, hear them, listen to them, pray with them, help them to move from fear. To, to great praise and thanksgiving of who our God is. Sally, will you lead us in prayer for the families of America? I, I would love to. Oh, Father, God Almighty, nothing's impossible for you. Nothing's too hard. You have sovereignly chose this time so we can be eye to eye with our children, Father. Your heart's desire is that each one in our family would love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. You have designed us, created us. To bring glory to your name, Father, to impact this world for Christ. And, Lord, I pray for each one of these families that have one heart, one voice that brings your name glory. Father, may they go out and do immensely more than we ask or imagine according to your power that's at work within them. May you be glorified in the families this day and forever. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. And Sally Burke, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for all that you do in uh, leading moms and families to pray. Oh, well, thank you. And God bless you. All right, Sally Burke. So glad to uh, have her joining us. To find out more about Moms in Prayer International, go to the website, TonyPerkins.com, and you can follow the links over. All right, as we're praying as a part of the National Day of Prayer initiative, I think we would, um, I know it's a national, we're praying for America, but America holds a unique position in that we have been really a light. You know, it's Ronald Reagan quoting um, from history that we're a city set on a hill. And, you know, we are, um, we're we're a, a beacon of hope because of the faith that we allow and we pursue the freedom of religion that we are known for. And with that comes a responsibility. And I think that our responsibility is to, as we have seen in this administration, to uh, promote that human, that uh, fundamental human freedom of religion. And so I want to pray for that today as a part of our National Day of Prayer. And I can't think of anyone better to join us uh, in praying for the persecuted, uh, persecuted believers around the world, then our good friend, Dr. Andrew Brunson, author of God's Hostage, uh, who was uh, held for two years in Turkey, having served as a pastor there to the people of Turkey. Uh, Andrew, welcome back to Washington Watch. Hi, Tony. <laughs> Good to have you with us. And as we were thinking through the today and wanting to pray for America, you know, one of the things that uh, you know well is that the world looks to America, especially the persecuted church, looks to America as um, as a source of hope and, and in some cases, like we see today, a help. Um, so what, what, how is the church in America viewed internationally by the persecuted believer? Well, you know, Tony, some persecution gets a lot of attention. I received a lot of attention, but much of the persecution going on uh, with Christians 
receives very little attention at all or is quickly forgotten. And I was in an unusual situation in that, uh, for various reasons, God raised up a worldwide prayer movement around me, and Christians around the world were praying for me. Uh, but most don't get that kind of prayer support. So uh, it's, it's very encouraging to people who are being persecuted to know that they have brothers and sisters who have not forgotten them. And that was one of the real fears I had in prison, that I would be forgotten. And my greatest encouragement came from hearing that people were praying for me. And uh, this is something that has happened with many believers here, that they advocate uh, for uh, Christians who are being persecuted. And for me, it was encouraging just to know that other people knew what I was going through, that they were not forgetting me. And this is an encouragement to people who are uh, suffering for the Lord and uh, I think of prisoners, they worry about their families. Are they safe? Do they have provision? And in the last year, I've talked with some friends of mine who are preparing themselves for the very real possibility that they may end up in prison because of their faith. And what I've told them is that if they do go to prison, that we will do everything we can, Noreen and I will, to help their families and make sure that they're provided for. And the American church has been very generous in doing that. The persecuted, according to Open Doors, around the world, more than 260 million Christians live in places where they experience high levels of persecution just for following Jesus. You know, that's one in eight believers worldwide. And so this is a it's a much more acute problem uh, than I think the church in America is uh, aware of, although I will say the, the awareness is growing. And in part, that's a role that you've played and in your situation as as more and more Americans prayed for you, saw your release, saw the power of that prayer. And uh, it has grown the awareness and the engagement of the church in the uh, in the plight of the persecuted believer around the world. And and so I thank you for playing that role. I know it's not one you wanted. It was not one that was easy, but God is has used it, is using it, and I believe will continue to use it. And before we uh, before we run out of time here, we were having some technical issues with the program, uh, so we're running a little bit behind. But I, I I want you to pray for the persecuted church, if you will. Okay. Yes, God, I I ask for my brothers and sisters around the world that are suffering for you, that you give them a sense of your presence, that you give them signs of your involvement, that you give them intimacy with Jesus as they share in his sufferings. I ask for relief for them and that you use their suffering to advance your purposes. And I ask, Father God, that you pour the strength, the confidence, the courage, the perseverance the endurance, the steadfastness of Jesus into them so that they can run the race that you've set before them and so that they will be faithful and obedient to the end and in that way be found worthy of you. I pray for them and I bless them in your name. Amen. Uh, Thank you, Pastor Andrew Brunson. I know that uh, you're kind of entering a new chapter. The Lord is launching you into a new ministry. And I want to get uh, get you back on the radio here in the not-too-distant future to uh, to talk about that. I know our listeners would be interested to see how God has been at work in your life since you and Noreen came back uh, here to the United States after your confinement in uh, in Turkey. So can we get you back on to do that? I would love to come on again, Tony. 
Right. Uh, Andrew, so good to hear from you. Thanks so much for joining us today on this National Day of Prayer. Hey, blessings to you, Tony. Bye-bye. And, folks, I uh, I want to wrap up our time here today and uh, thank you for being with us. Uh, we've experienced some technical difficulties, but it just tells me the spiritual warfare that uh, is uh, hovering around what we're doing here today, all the more reason we need to be praying. And I encourage you to, throughout the remainder of the evening, to, to get your family together. Pray for our country. Pray for our leaders. Pray for our churches. Pray for our families. Pray for those civil institutions. Pray that we would hear from and obey God. Father, we thank you for our time together today. I pray a blessing upon our listeners. I pray a blessing upon this nation. I pray for our leaders. Give them great wisdom in the times in which we live. Guide and direct our every step that, Lord, it might be pleasing and glorifying to you. May you have your way in our nation today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Folks, thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234.